When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coming up on Millennial. Contemporary country was number four of my top genres. Oh, okay. I feel so like you I succeeded. did really good. Yeah. yeah. We're going to have to get you some cowboy boots and take you line dancing. Bold of you to assume I don't have some. <laughs> <laughs> the second most used word, 599 times, love. Oh. I know, right? Sweet, too. We're freaking angels on this show. Wow. See, the thing is, when I think about our show and our content and the tone of it, those are not the words that come to mind for me. Oh, by the way, I'm, I was just going to run to grab something to drink. Like, you know, my throat's really dry. Can I bring you something? And then when you come back, just like have a different conversation in mind. It's like, oh, like, like, didn't you say that you had some news about work? This dumbass conversation is drying out my throat. I need to step away for a moment to get a swig of water. I've definitely like heard one of my siblings at least go, you know, I'm going to go take a shit right now. So I'll be back. (laughs) Rabbit, rabbit, and welcome to Millennial, the home of pretend adulting and real talk. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Laura's glued to CNN tonight. Yeah, today, uh, the day that we're recording, is the date of the Georgia Senate runoff um, between Reverend Raphael Warnock and Herschel Walker. (laughs) Um, So it definitely does feel like we're on the precipice of another defining night. Yeah. Depending on how this turns out. I've seen some uh, optimistic chatter online already about tonight's results the polls just closed i think a half hour ago we're recording at 7 30 p.m eastern so we might have a projection before the next two hours are up i hope so i want it to be quick i'm tired of these uh election nights that turn into election weeks but i'm gonna be over here on pins and needles the whole time i've got like three browser tabs open over here, just clicking back and forth. So as soon as I see it, I will yell or cry, depending on what the outcome is. Do you have like a special word you can yell? A special word I can yell? I like a code word, like pineapple. Like how you yell Jumanji when you win Jumanji? Oh, (laughs) Yahtzee, Uno, something. (laughs) Senate majority. (laughs) That's not as fun as Uno, but okay. I mean, technically we already have that, but this will be like extra Senate majority if we get it. Right. Blitzer. Cooper. Oh my God. (laughs) Dems. Trump loses again. Lots, so many options. Here's a word I think we would prefer to never hear again. Kanye or yay as he's now known. He, as everybody knows, has made many more horrific comments in the last couple of weeks. I'm specifically referring to the comments he made on Alex Jones, in which he praised Hitler and Nazis. The reason I wanted to bring this up today, I thought it was an interesting question to ask, should his music be removed from Spotify and Apple Music at this point? You can still stream him, on both of those places, you can still buy his music on the iTunes store and everywhere else. I don't think anybody, any music apps have pulled Kanye. 
And I thought it'd be an interesting thing to discuss. So I also did a little Googling. I just did the classic Google move. Why is Kanye still on Spotify? I wanted I wanted answers. <laughs> and actually, Spotify CEO did respond to this question about a month ago before these comments he made on Alex Jones. He said that Kanye's remarks have been just awful. That was a quote. But since the comments that he's making are not within his music or an episode of a podcast hosted on Spotify, they're not removing his music catalog. Do we accept that? I think that's a very diplomatic answer to take. In this case, it's also very hard because, you know, I think even a few years ago, something like that would, I don't know, I feel like everybody would just like sit there and take it. But we've seen more and more that um, actions have consequences and words have power. And to continue giving Kanye any sort of any sort of platform is potentially very dangerous. I don't think that they are going to remove his music. Do you think people would actually be upset about this if they did? Yeah. You think so? Upset? Yeah. Really? That they removed his music? Yeah, I think people would be. And I think it's it's a good point, Pam, about like continuing to elevate this person, just continues to give them a platform, adds to the damage that they're going to do. I do think, though, the responsibility here really rests, again, with the media. And I'm not just talking Alex Jones or any of these other grifters who have been giving him oxygen the mainstream media has been doing it too. I think it would go a long way if we had a media blackout <laughs> was just like, we're not going to entertain or further elevate Kanye West because what he's sharing is dangerous and harmful. He is also someone who is clearly not well. And the last thing that we should be doing right now is putting a microphone in this guy's face. Yeah. When it comes to his music catalog, I think it gets into a slippery slope if you start thinking about banning one artist's music over admittedly horrible, horrific things that he has put out into the world in recent months, because then it turns into a slippery slope of, well, what other artists have done that? And then do we do we now censor music because of problematic views? Well, see, that's the other thing, too, is technically um, it would be protected under the First Amendment. Right. Music would be. The First Amendment is very strange in what it does and does not protect. So, like, technically hate speech is protected, but inciting language is not. Right. So and the distinction between. What separates those two is oftentimes a very fine line, and it comes down to a judge in court. So it's tricky. But, you know, at the same time, not to compare apples and oranges, but like R. Kelly just got tried in court. We've known he's a piece of shit for a while, and his music hasn't come down. So technically... His estate is probably still making royalties off of that if we're yeah. talking about like financially rewarding somebody, I guess. But yeah. And so is Kanye. Know, most of the time. Yeah. And but like the thing is, is like we don't 
Not that it this is this is again splitting hairs, but it could also be like that he's not making that much off of streaming because what artist of is? who owns the masters <laughs> exactly? Yeah, but Spotify gives you the option to hide artists, and yeah. I think that I remember that they, I think they released that information very shortly after the big um, R. Kelly documentary came out that we talked about a couple of years ago. So that's probably going to be their response. Yeah, the streaming apps are obviously very competitive against one another as well. So if Spotify were to remove his music, then people would move to Apple Music, etc. I don't know. I just wonder where the line is and how much further he can keep going because they continue to platform him. I just think that there should be a line that they draw somewhere. I, I would like to hear them say that at least instead of like, oh, Kanye can do whatever he 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 wants. And well, he didn't say these remarks in the songs. He didn't kill a person in his song. He didn't do any other horrible thing in his song. So we're, we'll just continue to let him go. Anyway, we didn't want to spend a lot of time on this today, especially as the holidays are approaching and we want to keep things lighter. But I thought it was an interesting question to ask. And just something that was breaking today that we wanted to make sure to cover here at the top of the show. Um, the Trump organization has been found guilty on 15 counts of criminal tax fraud. There's really not much to say here at the moment, but we thought that it was still worthy of acknowledging given that there is a lot of Trump news going on and there's probably going to be more Trump news coming, um, sadly. So we won't try to bore anyone with all of the nitty gritty details. I will say that no, Orange Julius is not going to be personally found guilty of anything. Um, but the Trump organization could be seeing a maximum of $1.61 million in fines when sentencing happens in January. And given that, you know, this is a person who we're pretty sure doesn't have as much money as he says he does. It's probably not a happy day for him. (laughs) All right. Well, that was good to see. By the way, wanted to tease an upcoming episode. So we've got three left this year, including this one. And for the final episode of the year, Pat, Mark, and Chloe will be returning to the show for our annual holiday gift exchange. Yay! The names have been drawn. The gifts have hopefully been ordered. I was excited because I actually, I got all of my holiday shopping done this year. It's all finished, including my gift exchange for this show. I am normally the person who is like December 23rd frantically trying to finish my shopping, but I don't have that stress this year. So I'm just really happy about it. I have to admit, I like the chaos of the mall like a few days before Christmas. I love the packed stores, the hustle and bustle. I feel like I'm in a movie. Maybe that's why I like it so much. And I don't wait to do all my holiday shopping to that point, but like one or two things. That last minute rush, it's a thrill for me. I like that you still go to the mall mall to get get your gifts. Laura, no, I did not work in the mall. Pam, what was your question? It wasn't a question. It was a comment. I was just saying that I I love that you still go to the mall to do Christmas shopping because so many people just order everything online. Uh, well, look, like just one or two things. I don't I don't go overboard. Like, okay. It's still fun to actually see I had see a vision things. of you with like bags upon bags <laughs> in your arms. Shop till you drop. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sure it's hell for people who work in malls. I have no doubt about it. But it's just part of like for the consumer. It's just part of the for some of us. It's it's part of the thrill of the holidays. Maybe I've watched one too many holiday movies where they're doing last minute shopping. My go to is 10 p.m. December 
23rd, Target. 10 p.m.? <laughs> December 23rd? Yep, because, yep, on December 23rd, because more often than not, I'll have forgotten a gift or find out last minute that somebody's boyfriend or girlfriend is coming and I don't want them to feel left out. So I take myself to Target at 10 p.m. because my Target closes at 11 and I pick something out for them then. Wow. And you do like that experience or you're just... I don't, okay. but at least, listen, 10 p.m., December 23rd, not too packed at Target. There are some people, but we're all there with a common goal. And so and we don't feel ashamed, you know? Yeah. And I would imagine the aisles are just empty. Like there's no products left. Is it hard to find something Christmas Eve? I usually just do like a gift card because I don't Uh-oh. really know the person well, you know? But they have a lot of gift cards there. So I get to go and pick out a cute little gift <laughs> Ooh, card. Sometimes I'll add some card. candy. Also, well... <laughs> And a lot of people love Target. Like, there are people who make oh. loving Target their entire personality. Oh, yeah. So... My mother. If you know someone like that, they're probably thrilled with a Target gift card. But they also have all the gift cards at Target. Like, you they can do. do Uber gift cards. You can do Netflix <laughs> gift cards. You can do Spotify gift cards. So let's talk more about the end of the year. In the last week or so, Spotify released their 2022 wraps. And all of us Spotify users get this beautiful presentation of our favorite songs of the year, of our most played songs of the year, etc. And something that they did new this year, they introduced these like music personalities. They're kind of like uh, astrology signs. Like instead of a Gemini, in my case, I was called the adventurer. And Spotify said this meant I am a seeker of sounds. You venture out into the unknown, searching for fresher artists, deeper cuts, newer tracks, especially gems yet to be found. And I'm proud of that. So I got the connoisseur, which I was like, oh, it's so fancy. A connoisseur of music. And this is characterized by familiarity, timelessness, loyalty, and commonality. I don't know what that commonality means. Like maybe they're saying there's a common thread in all the music that I like. Um, but this was characterized as, um, you've got taste that people can get behind. Your music preferences are proven by popularity and time. I like that. I know. I got the fan clubber, which is familiarity, newness, variety, and commonality. And then the description for this is the kind of fan that artists dream of. You love an art when you love an artist, you cycle through the entire albums playing their hits and every song in between. <laughs> that definitely which I feel like is very apropos. Yeah, I yeah. can't listen to anything it. halfway. It doesn't matter if it's like somebody that I just discovered or somebody that I like really enjoy their music. I need to like go through the entire journey of their artistry. So I felt like that was pretty accurate. Yeah. I can't do a full album much these days. There's certain albums and artists where I'm like, yeah, this album deserves to be played start to finish. I'm, I'm thinking of uh, Kesha's Rainbow. That was a beautiful album. Uh, <laughs> Orville Peck, who I recommended. Uh, I, I guess it must have been earlier this year because his latest album, Bronco, was released this year. That album, start to finish, Maybe one skip, but mostly no skips. Very, very good, coherent story through the entire album. Bruce has got a couple of albums like that as well. But yeah, most of the time I'm just dipping in for a song or two and then backing out. I would say that that's like a problem with with our attention span as a whole, but it's really not an issue of our own making because 
the music industry favors hit makers. And so it's very rare now that you get artists who are willing to make a proper album where you should be listening in order. And it's important to the narrative to listen in order. So did we catch anything interesting in our year in reviews other uh, besides this new personality thing? I don't know if anybody will remember this, but I we must have done resolutions last year. Yeah. But every year I do a music-themed resolution for myself, and I pick a genre that I feel like I'm lacking in, and I try my best to listen to more of that genre so I can be more familiar with it over the course of the year. So this year I picked country music, and I was very proud of myself because uh, country... Contemporary country was number four of my top genres. So oh, okay. I feel so like I did really good. Yeah. yeah. It felt like I was like, oh, I, I actually did did that. That's great. <laughs> country girl Pam. Good for you. Only number four country girl though. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's still pretty good. We're gonna have to get you some cowboy boots and take you line dancing. Bold of you to assume I don't have some. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're already halfway there then. We need to get you into uh, everybody's favorite new show, Yellowstone. Not so new anymore. That show is country. I know. Everybody loves that show. (laughs) Everybody in a flyover state loves the show. Because that's in a flyover state. Yeah, well, yeah, it's right. set uh, outside of Yellowstone National Park. It's it's a turf yeah. war show. It's okay. It's not bad. Okay. But yeah, that show is very country and, and mildly Republican as well. And then uh, Laura? <laughs> I was going to say, that comes with the territory, right? Um, <laughs> so I, I'm probably the most embarrassing on this panel when it comes to playtime. Um, I only had 8,979 minutes in 2022. Um, I chalk that up to the fact that I almost exclusively listen to music when I'm driving. And I'm just not doing that much driving anymore. I mean, really, ever since the pandemic hit. Um, But when I'm just like hanging around the house and stuff, I'll put stuff on, but it's not necessarily through Spotify. So I don't feel like all of my minutes are being captured because of that. Um, But there was some other fun stuff in here. I listened to 303 artists, which... I don't know how that compares to y'all, but I was like, wow, I didn't, I wouldn't have guessed 303 artists this year. Um, I also had some podcast um, results in here. My top podcasts for 2022 were Sleep With Me, Haunted Places, and Archive 81. This shouldn't be a surprise to anyone because I love sleeping and I love creepy shit. Um, and I spent 1,634 minutes listening to podcasts on Spotify. Nice. So I listened to 1,189 artists. I just pulled it up. What? (laughs) (laughs) I have you both beat in minutes, though. So Pam was 14,806. Laura just said 8,979. I had a little over 25,000 minutes listening, and I was shocked that I beat Pam. And both of you, I guess. I do listen to Spotify in my car. So, like, Pam, do you listen in your car? Well, I don't drive very much anymore. Okay. So, so yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. Like, I I don't... I'm really weird about my at-home work environment. Like, if I really need to concentrate, then I can't have anything on. Okay. At all. Yeah. So, I think that that, like... 
probably cuts down. So there are some days where I just like don't listen to music at all. Yeah. Because I'm just like, I really need to focus and I get too distracted. So I think that that might cut down. But I also feel like, honestly, this is kind of low and I'm a little confused. Not to say that like Spotify's wrong, but I also felt like it was very low. Yeah. I mean, because I don't listen while I work either for the most part. I think it, it must have to do with the car. But you do all your dry, yeah. like you, you take so many road trips. But this is, doesn't even include my Bruce library. <laughs> so I don't, because I, I use Apple like, Music for that. I mean, like, four, four hour trip here, four hour true, trip there. True, true. Like, all of that adds up. Yeah. And, and when I'm in the car, honestly, I, I listen to the radio a lot, which I know is like ew. very archaic. But but honestly, I, I do it because I'm just very interested to know, like, what is actually playing on the radio. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't use Spotify for listening to podcasts. I use the app I've recommended numerous times, Pocket Cast. It's very good. I highly recommend people use it. And they actually did their first Spotify wrapped style feature this year. So I was very excited to see that. My top five podcasts were all tech podcasts, of course. I've said, I think, before that when I listen to podcasts, it's tech podcasts. Because if I listen to any other type of podcast, I feel like I'm just... It feels like work because I'm like, we should be doing this for our show. That That's the one type of podcast I feel like I can use as an escape. So my top five were tech. But I listened to 17,850 minutes of podcasts. Wow. And it's usually just at night when walking Brooklyn or maybe a little bit in the car. And then I probably edit another 17,000 each year. <laughs> so, yeah, I was... um interested in, i was excited to see those stats thank you pocket cast for offering that by the way apple music users finally got something sort of like spotify wrapped this year it was a little better than the previous years it's like a story style that you tap through still not as good as spotify's they just spotify offers more information and i think it's more shareable but we are happy for you apple music users as well has anyone else seen, speaking of Spotify wrapped, um, the memes of uh, people's Spotify wrapped that they were sharing on social? Because I've seen a few and they're so bad. <laughs> I think I'm spoiled because our social media is on point. I feel like I've learned a lot from Chloe being our social media manager that when I see people do cringy shit on social media, it actually makes me mad. So Senator Bob Casey uh, put up, and I mean, I'm assuming it was his staff that put this up, uh, put up his Spotify wrapped, and it was all edited to basically be a political talking point. And mind you, we are on the same side of the aisle, so I too like all of these things. But I detest cringy social media where people who are out of touch with the way that it works are trying to cash in on it. So for example, on his Spotify rap, it says things like top songs, respect for marriage equality by Aretha Franklin. No, I don't like that. Bad. We take care of our own veterans by passing the PACT Act. 
Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> oh, I do like that one. <laughs> <laughs> but then for top artists, he has record job creation, common sense gun safety reforms, action on climate change, generational infrastructure investments, and American manufacturing revitalization. I get it. You're trying to get your message out there, but you probably need to get a social media manager who's more in touch. Yeah, it just trends. feels and it just feels forced. It's just like <laughs> yeah. a, an unnatural way to do it. I saw some memes with the Spotify raps like they photoshopped your personal year in review so it said like you spent 6 60,000 minutes listening to your cat scream in 2022. Like stuff like that was funny just on a personal level. But when a See, brand or a politician starts doing it, it just doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. It's it needs to be personal, authentic and pithy. And if you're missing that, then it just falls flat and is super annoying. Do better, Bob Casey. But now, Laura, we're talking about Bob Casey's tweet on the show. So the joke's on us. Yeah, I guess that's true. (laughs) And Pam, the dictionaries. (laughs) I don't know what else how else they intro it but the dictionaries decided what the words of the year are right yeah this happens every year so merriam-webster and oxford both release their word of the year um usually this is based on a word that was googled a lot or just popped up a lot um on social media so merriam-webster has dubbed gaslighting as the word of the year for 2022. Um, And then they said in their announcement, in this age of misinformation of fake news, conspiracy theories, Twitter trolls, and deep fakes, gaslighting has emerged as a word for our time. I think it was appropriate, and it was used a lot this year. Not often correctly, to be fair, but maybe that's why it's important that it's the word of the year. (laughs) I feel like it's been the word of the last five years. To be honest, yeah, it's not new this year for sure. No, yeah. Neither are the trends that led to it being so commonly used. I really like that. um, The Tumblr meme is like, Gaslight Gatekeep Girl Boss. She's very (laughs) tongue in cheek. (laughs) Meanwhile, Oxford's dictionary has dubbed Goblin Mode as the word of the year. So this is like a little bit more trendy. Yeah, it's defined as a type of behavior which is unapologetically self-indulgent, lazy, greedy, typically in a way that rejects social norms or expectations. This is not a word that I think has gotten brought up on this show this year. So No, but I think we all secretly enter goblin mode. This is like <laughs> when you don't leave your house and, you know, you stay in comfy clothes. And you make that noise. All day. I'm lazy. I'm greedy. I'm self-indulgent. <laughs> I feel like this word would do great in 2020. Self-indulgent, lazy, maybe even greedy when everybody was playing the stock market and buying into Dogecoin for a quick hit. Yeah. I feel like goblin mode is like a form of self-care that's gone too far. (laughs) But you don't want to think of yourself as a goblin. So it's like. Yeah. I mean, it's because I have heard this before and I feel like it's where I've most commonly heard it is with gamers. So when people talk about like activating goblin mode, it's like, I'm sitting inside all weekend. I have all the snacks. I'm not doing anything. I'm playing games. I'm hanging out. I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. And I have no responsibilities right now. So don't come at me (laughs) is basically what it is. 
And honestly, I've been in goblin mode for the last three years, so I don't know why this is just now the word of the year. Honestly, I feel like that's valid. This is your 2020 word, your 2021 word, your 2022 word. Yeah. (laughs) The word of the year forever now. (laughs) (laughs) Laura's forever word. (laughs) I think I'm joking. I'm not. So we have a new segment here. I'm very excited about this. Forget about what the Oxford Dictionary and what Merriam-Webster says are the words of the year. How about the Millennial Podcast Words of the Year? That's right. I downloaded every episode from this year, the 43 that came before this one, and threw them into a transcription app, downloaded all those transcripts as PDFs, merged all the PDFs into one massive document, converted that into a text document, uploaded that to a word count tool that could support like a very, very large document with with our entire transcripts from the year. And I now have a list of the most used words on Millennial in 2022. Okay. I'm nervous. I took out some filler words like, yeah, and like some response words like great and interesting. The number one one word that we used on the show this year, people. Oh, oh that's kind of sweet. <laughs> yes, we're always talking about the people. No goblins here. It's like when Time Magazine announced that you were the person of the year. Do you remember yeah. that? Yeah, you. You are the person <laughs> you, of the year. Right. That's That's our version of that. <laughs> and it had like the little like... Like the reflective cover. Reflective surface, yeah. yeah. Oh my god, it is me, wow. We should do that. Well, keeping with the sweet theme, the so that we use that word far and away more than any other word. 2,469 times, nice. The second most used word, 599 times, love. Oh. I know, right? That's sweet too. <laughs> We're freaking angels on this show. Wow. See, the thing is, when I think about our show and our content and the tone of it, those are not the words that come to mind no, for me. I thought you were going to say like insurrection. No. Or, you know, I don't know. I thought it was going to be something what much more doom and gloom. Oh, we'll we'll get to some doom and gloom ones. So, behind that, actually just one away millennial slash millennials of course yeah makes sense every show at least you say welcome to millennial right 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 so i guess i could have yeah, deleted so that doesn't really count <laughs> 43 maybe but it'd still be far and away one of the most common words so before i get to word four it's one of our names and i subtracted 86 instances from each of our names in this list, because we each say our own name at the beginning and at the end, okay? Uh, yeah, that makes sense. So, whose name do you think came up most amongst the three of us? This is fourth place. I'm going to guess yours. Yeah, I think it's yours, too. Yeah. It was Laura. 406 what? times. What? Yep. Wow. Yep. Oh, my God. It's because y'all are shit-talking me. That's what it is. <laughs> like, the amount of right shit-talking of that happens on this episode, <laughs> or these episodes. 406 times. Pam came right behind Laura with 386 times. You guys don't bring up me. It's time to start using my name. I think it's also because you're throwing it to us. I think so, so like, too. Yeah. take it away, Pam, or like, Laura's going to talk about this. I thought the same thing. Maybe you take out all of us saying your name. 
No, I don't. Why would I do that? I'm full of myself. Of course I want to hear my own name. In fact, I added 50 this year. <laughs> okay, number six, before we even get to my name, Twitter Ugh. was the sixth most popular word 353 times. By the way, I did take out 43 times where I say it at the end in the closing reminders. Mm, look at all this math that you did. I know. I, th- I thought this through a little bit. Yeah. I came in seventh, 308 times, then media, then social. Those are probably used together quite a bit. Number 10 was money. Number 11 was family. Number 12 was Instagram. 13 was friends. 14 was book. I was pleasantly surprised by that. Look at us. Yeah. Man. We're loving. We're booking. We're peopling. We're moneying. We're Laura in. <laughs> and then movie, then TikTok, Netflix, podcast. This word kind of cracks me up. In 19th place, honestly, Ooh. 186 mm. times. Who who do we think says that? Pam. That's, yeah. I was going to say Laura. <laughs> I feel like, I he- like when I hear that and I try to think about it, I hear you saying it, Pam. Oh, that's so funny. I hear you. <laughs> I need to start keeping a tally while I'm editing. I know, right? (laughs) The next one also kind of funny. Huge. 180 times. Huge. Really? Yeah. Huge. Oh, my God. (laughs) I wouldn't have guessed that. I didn't didn't even think we said that that much on the show this year. Um, Then Biden. Then Disney. Then coffee. Then shit. COVID. Trump. Those three go together nicely, come to think of it. Shit, COVID, yeah, Trump. really. <laughs> Maybe we always use them together. <laughs> then Harry, because I guess Harry Potter. Internet, Apple, Amazon. Those were the top 30. Now, I scrolled down to the bottom of the list, and here now are a few words that I feel like we didn't use enough. <laughs> Cancel slash canceled. Only used it 67 times. Yeah, for a show called Millennial, we really should be using that more. We need to cancel more people in 2023. <laughs> uh, asshole only occurred 30 times on the show. I think we need to use asshole a little more often. Bring it up closer to shit. Pair <laughs> <laughs> yeah. them together. <laughs> Marijuana, only 29 times. Wow, and I know those are all me. <laughs> <laughs> right, and then we only use the word weed. 13 times and wasn't even the in the top 1000. So we need to do wow. better with weed in 2023. We got to step it up. Maybe we're using all of those in After Dark. Maybe. But y'all, if we're trying to influence legalization, we got to pick it up. Maybe this is how <laughs> we should use this to plan our shows for next year. I know, right? Like we need to do more weed shows. So like, let's... We need to project like... What we need to manifest the words that we want to use the most in 2023. <laughs> that is my analysis of millennial in 2023. That's incredible. I really appreciate you for doing that. Yeah. <laughs> well, as we continue here into the depths of the holiday season, regardless of what you celebrate, a common theme that comes up around the holidays is. How do you deal with annoying family members or annoying people in general? There's always that person around the holiday table who wants to bring up 
politics and fight about it with the family. There's that person who is prying and asking for intimate personal details about what's going on in your life. So we thought that we would spend some time today talking about our recommendations for how to deal with those circumstances. But we also got some recommendations from our patrons and from members of our Facebook group. And it's really all about setting boundaries, right? Something we talked about off air while we were planning for this is how do you in the moment set those boundaries and uphold them if somebody is going down a line of conversation or just asking questions that make you uncomfortable, you don't want to talk about, or it's just really none of their business. Um, Something that came up for a couple of us was the just get up and leave tactic, which... What are you laughing at? Nothing. I'm just imagining us getting up and leaving and just walking away quietly. (laughs) So, you know, not getting into specifics here. I have done this. It's not as awkward as you think it might be. Mm. Because especially if you're in like a large group gathering and that's happening, if you get up and walk away, they're going to assume like, oh, you're going to the bathroom or you're going to get something to drink or something to eat. Um. And especially if it's somebody who doesn't have a lot of self-awareness to begin with, they're probably not going to realize what you're doing. And, you know, if they do, maybe that's a good thing. But it was funny because when we posted about this in the Facebook group, I saw that your boyfriend, Pat, Andrew, said this exact same thing. He was like, yeah, when I'm around certain people, I'm not going to say who, just in case, you know, I don't want to... put him in a bad situation in case he has any family who is aware of the show. Um, But he was like, I'll just take the glass of wine that I will inevitably have, take a sip and walk away. So I saw that and I was like, oh, that's validating. (laughs) Validating. validating. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm not the only one who's been given this advice and who has exercised it. Isn't there a Kelly Clarkson song? Yeah. Walk away. That's what we all need to remember. This holiday season, just walk away. Make that in your Spotify rap for 2023. If you walk away in the heat of the moment, though, it's clear you're not just going to the bathroom. But I still think it is a good strategy. Yeah, I think you just have to work on your like customer service face. But you can definitely say like, oh, yeah. Hey, oh, by the way, I'm, I was just going to run to grab something to drink. Like, you know, my throat's really dry. Can I bring you something? And then when you come back, just like have a different conversation in mind. It's like, oh, like, like, didn't you say that you had some news about work? This dumbass conversation is drying out my throat. I need to step away for a moment to get a swig of water. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Just pivot. I mean, like, honestly, my family is pretty open. And so I've definitely like heard my like one of my siblings at least go, you know, I'm going to go take a shit right now. So I'll be back. <laughs> Your in-laws have said that? <laughs> my, one of my siblings has definitely said that. Like, well, time to go take a shit. And then they just leave. That... Which, like, good for them. <laughs> I have to go take a shit to let out this shitty conversation. You know, my brother <laughs> does the exact same thing. It's so funny. I will say to anybody that struggles with doing this, it it is like it does feel awkward at first. And sometimes it's not possible. Like if everybody's around the dinner table, (laughs) you know, like you, you can't usually you can't leave. But something that I try to do is like, 
it, and this works better if you have more people that are attending your gathering is like I try and like I already kind of know like who the loose cannons are so I try and sit at the opposite table from them <laughs> and then avoid the shrapnel I just like am actively talking to the person that I or the people I've sandwiched myself between oh yeah so you, everybody needs a buffer for Find sure your buffer. A cu- it could be a cousin a sibling um a parent if like your mom or dad is a real one that's a good you know, somebody that can bail you out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's funny you say that because we don't um we don't do holidays with extended family. It's always just us and our significant others. Um, so not this isn't something I deal with it at like my family holidays, really, but anytime I'm out with a large group of people. You always know who those one or two, like you said, Pam, you know who the loose cannons are and you know who you're just like preemptively exhausted when you think about talking to them. Um, So in those situations, I will strategically seat myself and then I am like laser focused on whoever is directly in front of me or directly beside me. And I am just like, not letting you out of my sight. Me too. We are just going to have a conversation and I'm just not even going to engage <laughs> with what's happening over here. And then you just pretend like you do not hear them. Yep. If they're trying to talk to you. <laughs> but you are yeah. still thinking about it, right? That's me. Like I'll try I'll try to ignore I am thinking but thinking about it, but I'm definitely trying not to engage. Yeah. Yeah. And I like Laura, I am thinking of one person in particular. Mm-hmm. And last year for one of the holidays, this person sat themselves directly next to me and my plans were thwarted. Like I thought that I had, you know, sandwiched myself. And then this person asked to switch seats because they wanted to sit next to me and it was the worst. Oh, wow. We're not making that mistake again this year. (laughs) (laughs) Pam is going to put up like a reserved sign on the seat next to her. And when that person tries to come sit there, she's going to be like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But this is already taken. Oh, actually, I was going to sit next to that person that's like completely on the opposite side of the table as you. (laughs) I have been lucky to not have too many family members who want to bring up politics or other awkward conversations at the table. That said, I still very vividly remember one time i think it was probably about 10 years ago dare i say maybe it was after sandy hook because that was in december right and i think it was 2012 yeah where the topic around guns came up christmas eve at my grandparents and one of my uncles started going off on how more people should have guns and my dad was not liking this and i think he was also pissed that my uncle was bringing this up on Christmas Eve at grandparents' house. Like, this is the last place to be big, uh, bringing it up. And my dad kind of blew up on him. And I, my grandparents' house is pretty small. So, like, if you're in the living area, you're basically in the kitchen. And so, like, I think I was in the middle of these two areas. And I just had to move as far away as possible once my dad started blowing up. Because I also didn't want to be in the awkward position where, like, I'm, I should say something what should I say? And it's easier to just walk away and not feel pressure to have to say anything at all. And just hopefully hope that they 
calm down. And I think it did calm down really quick, but not before my dad made it pretty well known that he wasn't happy with this getting brought up. And of course, he was disagreeing with my uncle's opinion on more guns or guns in schools or something like that. I think that for me, that's the trickiest thing, because it doesn't matter how old you are um, for for some for relatives that are older than you, like, say, like aunts and uncles, for example, you're always going to be a baby in their eyes sometimes and Mm -hmm. it's kind of unfortunate that it like like you're just sitting there thinking well what's the point of me saying something because i'm not going to shut this down but like somebody like your dad could shut it down and so i'm um, usually very appreciative of like the adults in the room for trying to diffuse because it's like they're like you there comes a point where it's like man like you really should have said that now i have to say something because i just can't not say something it's not like my first choice but i just you know like last year there was an incident with like some anti-trans rhetoric at the table and there was like some racist stuff that was being said and i was like no i can't like not say something because this is like ridiculous like i i will not allow this at this table but it didn't really make that much of a difference until an adult at the table said like maybe we should change this the top the sub the subject mm-hmm. you know yeah especially because that person kept trying to like go back and like revisit and it wasn't until um my stepmom was like you're being like rude and you need to stop that this person did end up finally stopping and like we switched the conversation you know what though i will say maybe in the moment it didn't feel like it made a difference but you might have made a difference for someone sitting at that table and just yeah. not known it. I think that that is kind of my main goal is to like set a good example for say like my brothers and sisters who are like, they're all adults now, but there was a time when like they were younger and it's like, no, they need to hear somebody like say that this is not okay. But it was a lonely fight for a long time until <laughs> they entered their twenties. Now I just like sit back and let them argue because like they're young, <laughs> they've got energy and spunk. <laughs> I'm out. I've done my I can't time. do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, any other tips or tricks or anecdotes that we have before we move into the patron submissions? Because they've got some fun ones. I say we jump to these. Yeah, I'm sure they might spur a little. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. So Sarah said one simple thing: edibles. <laughs> <laughs> Laura that must recommend this too. Yeah, I mean, listen, this is me at every holiday. Fortunately for me, again, we don't do a big extended holiday thing ever. So the edibles are are very much like an unwind and enjoy my time and less of a, oh, my God, I need to do this so that I can get through this. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's alcohol. Okay. I don't want to get high, but. (laughs) Alcohol for me, too. Yeah. Because it's it's more readily available, but like I I really need to find myself a designated driver, honestly, so that I can just like oh go straight to the bar. Guess what, y'all? Holiday party is at my parents' house this year, so I can drink as much as I want, and not care. Oh man, that's the dream. Yeah, baby. <laughs> can you though? Will you get low key judged by other members of the family, or does nobody care? Well, I'm not going to be sloshed and like, oh, grandma, you're the best. I feel like you <laughs> hold your liquor pretty well, though. Like I do. So, I do. Yeah. I'll, You'll be buzzed. I'll but... strike the right balance between nothing will bother me, but I won't be like falling over. 
Andrew, you want to take the next one here from Justin? We pray at my in-laws for the holidays, and I just bow my head and I stare at my plate and don't say amen or anything afterwards. I have to admit, though, I might be more obnoxious if it was my side of the family. (laughs) I've been there like I've I we don't talk about it a ton, but I used to be more religious when I was a kid going through uh, CCD. That was like the once a week Catholic school. And as time went on, I became less and less religious, especially being gay. And so I do something similar at church now. It's been many years since I've been to church at this point. But in the last like three to five years of going to church, because we would always go to church on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, I would just sit there, uh, head down. I wouldn't say amen. I would just be thinking about other things. I wouldn't be focused on the uh, mass at all. But like, honestly, I think a lot of people are not are thinking about a million other things while they're there. Yeah. You know? In <laughs> fairness, that is true. Yeah. True. I can't wait to go fuck my mistress tonight. <laughs> right. <laughs> just, well, it's okay because they're just going to go to confession after, right? And it's all squashed <laughs> And away. it's all okay. <laughs> so... <laughs> Justin is in our Discord, and he said, I thought the question was about praying, not prying. Oh. But this is still good advice. <laughs> this like, is, it is good advice. Because there are sometimes you go to a house that, like, they say grace before every meal, and it can be kind of awkward, especially if you're not religious, you don't know what to do, and, you know, having a game plan for that is always helpful. Yeah, I mean, full disclosure here, um, I think think it's pretty well recorded at this point that I'm not religious. Um, but Mark's family is. And they pray at every meal. And I'm, you know, I have no problem with it. I participate in the prayer. It's fine. Um, but there have been times where I've just legitimately forgotten that that's how they do things. And I've had times where like, Food has hit my plate and I just started digging in. And then I realized everyone's looking at me like, what are you doing? (laughs) I'm like, oh, my God, I've outed myself. So I think they know, but they're just too polite to say anything. (laughs) Kathleen says, telling annoying people, I hope you have the holiday you deserve, which is something I used to do in retail. I love this. I've started hearing this more lately of just saying like, I hope you have the day you deserve. And now I want to say that to somebody next time they're being a dick. This one is from Matt. I found a lot of peace by making plans with friends, my boyfriend, or by myself in the evening after a holiday. For Thanksgiving, I said I had to leave at a certain time because I was seeing a movie. This was true, but only because I intentionally chose a showtime on Thanksgiving night. I can assert my boundaries, still see family, and end up doing something else that I enjoy rather than just going home by myself. That's a great plan. I didn't have to escape anybody, but I too saw a movie on Thanksgiving night, went to see Knives Out. It was very good. When you're not with family, and actually we're going to address this um, later, but I'll just address this point now. If you're not with family over Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other holiday, which can be upsetting, if you have a lot of free time all of a sudden and you're just thinking about missing out, going to a movie is a great distraction and it's something that's open over these holidays. Yeah, I have to plus one this. It makes me think of the advice, Pam, you just gave a few moments ago about giving yourself a buffer. So if you know that a particular group or situation, what have you, is going to be stressful for you, giving yourself a buffer and giving yourself an out 
so you have permission to leave and you don't feel like you have to come up with an excuse in the moment. It's smart. Also, like sometimes like to that point, uh, playing like finding a game to play that's not going to like where people aren't going to be talking about politics. Mm -hmm. It's really good. Like Jenga or some kind of like a dice game that like multiple people can play or even if just a group of people want to play spearheading that and then like just making that your project is going to take up so much of your time that you won't even have to deal with Aunt Karen in the corner. Right. Aunt Karen. <laughs> Marissa says, I finally set some boundaries this year by not agreeing to travel to anyone for the holidays. As the only one on my husband's side with a child, a toddler, it's much harder for us to go to relatives. I'm protecting my peace by having a quiet Christmas at home with just my husband and daughter, just as we did for Thanksgiving. Good for you. Yeah, that's amazing. Good for you. I think people with kids get pressured into traveling for the holidays to visit either parents or aunts and uncles. Um, I don't know. That's a, a larger conversation about how it seems like the onus for that kind of travel tends to fall on the kids, which can be particularly daunting if you have young kids of your own. So good for you. Yeah. And the holidays are exhausting in general. It's like, I say this from time to time. I don't know if I sit on air, but it's like, sometimes you need a vacation from the vacation or you need a, a vacation from the holiday. So treat yourself and just enjoy it peacefully with your loved one or by yourself. Watch some good TV and go goblin mode, right? Chill the fuck out. Yeah. Go goblin mode. Well, we also got some Facebook submissions, too. Michelle said, my tip is to just have some polite comeback phrases ready for when someone says something offensive or rude. My favorites are, what an odd thing to say. And that sounds like an inside thought. <laughs> I love that one. Odd that sounds like an say. inside thought. <laughs> By the way, Michelle is down in Australia. I think these are Australian things to say. I cannot, I've never heard an American say like, what an odd thing to say. No, but I kind of like that. No, I I do do too. We need to bring it Gaslight your relatives into thinking that they're wrong. Mm -hmm. I know. (laughs) That's such an odd thing for you to say. Yeah. Or just be like, we can Americanize it, right? And be like, that's a weird thing to say. Are you feeling okay, grandpa? Yeah. That's (laughs) a unlit thing to say. (laughs) Rebecca said, I just say, we're not talking about that right now. Or let's talk about something else over and over until they finally get the hint. Good. Yeah. Yep. That is like peak boundary setting. I want to be as brave as that person one day. (laughs) (laughs) You'll get there. Kim says a couple of years ago, Christmas, my mom's boyfriend, who I don't like, decided to ask me either when I would have kids or if I was going to have kids Something like that. I just straight up said I didn't want kids. And his argument was basically if I had them, I'd have someone to help me around the house, like doing dishes. This man, there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, like I think it's common knowledge at this point. You don't ask people this. Like you have to have a really high level of rapport with somebody to even consider asking this question. But also the argument of like, But if you don't have kids, who's going to help you around the house and who's going to take care of you when you get old? That's a terrible reason to have children. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Especially in this country where people just like send their old people to the convalescent home. How about the expenses that come with raising a child and the numerous stresses? I mean, there's a countless list of things that are involved with raising a child. Right. And doing the dishes is a very small benefit you get back. So that seems very unfair. And finally, Casey said, I'm trying to convince my parents to dramatically decrease our holiday celebrations. I love my extended family and really enjoy spending time with them. But from 99 to 2020, I never spent Christmas at home. And for the last two years, it was just my immediate family family because of COVID. And it was so nice and relaxing. And I'm actually dreading the big celebration again. Yeah, I can see that. I've gone home every Christmas except for 2020 because of COVID. And me and Pat had a good time here, but I've always dreamt, and I still haven't done it, of having Christmas in California. Pam, I know you have it every year, but I it do. just has such a nice ring to it. Christmas in California. One day I will do that at Pam's place. Yes, I'm inviting myself over. Come on over. I've got Uno. Let's go. We, well, listen, you have to know that we celebrate on the on Christmas Eve, so okay. All right. uh, make sure that you come on the 24th. Okay. okay. And if you want some bonus points, you can come a couple days early, help with the tamales, earn your keep. Ooh. Yeah. yeah it'll I'm be a in. whole experience. I'm in. Doors open. <laughs> okay. I'll keep that in mind. Thank you. So... Hopefully people enjoyed that advice and good luck everybody this holiday season. And we appreciate everybody submitting feedback. It's really nice to get all this feedback from everybody. And by the way, on our Patreon this week, Pam has one more bonus story for us. Too hot for the main show. It is a good one though, listeners. My jaw kind of dropped. It's a good one. I hear you have some questions for me. I have questions. I kind of <laughs> can't picture this situation. Oh, man. <laughs> so we'll talk about that. And also, Muggle Suck continues. We have another reading of one of Laura and Mai's old AOL Instant Messenger conversations. I have months worth on my computer. We've got a juicy one concerning MuggleNet fan fiction. We're going to do the reading. Pam, you're going to play narrator again. We've got a good email for you <laughs> to read in this. Incredible. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> to wrap this up on a positive note, um, despite partisan divides, Pew Research Center actually found that most Americans, eight in 10 of us, agree that spending time with family is fulfilling. So remember that even though this time of year can be difficult in a lot of different ways. There is still a lot of meaningful time that can be spent with the people who mean the most to you. So important thing is to set those boundaries, maintain those boundaries, and surround yourself with the people who genuinely make you feel joy <laughs> as much as you can. And that's why love is the second most used word here on Millennial. Time for some recommendations. I got a recommendation. It's a little bit bad. It's a little bit bad. 12ft.io. If you ever visit a website and you see that dreaded paywall, you can go to this site, you can pop in the URL, and it will attempt to remove the paywall. And I say this is bad because publishers need money. I get it. The reason that I'm recommending it is because it doesn't work all the time. <laughs> so you have like a 50-50 shot at 12foot.io actually being able to remove the paywall. But paywalls are very frustrating. 
I, you can argue that some sites probably do not uh, earn the paywall that they set up, but you hit these quite a bit. And sometimes you just really need or want to read an article. So use the site or try to at least. They have this nice little implementation. It's not like an official Apple implementation, but you can add a button to your share sheet in iOS at least and probably maybe Android too. That'll let you. So like if you load up an article, let's say rollingstone.com and it says paywall, you can hit the share button in your browser and then you can hit remove paywall and it'll attempt to do it. So it's actually pretty easy to do. You don't have to go to the site every time. And uh, yeah, look, I try to help people out from time to time and save a buck. So 12foot.io, it doesn't work with the Patreon. Don't even try. I like how you had, had to add that qualifier. You're like, but wait, don't, don't use it on us. <laughs> <laughs> I actually didn't even test it with the Patreon. I'm going to try it right now while you two talk. <laughs> Watch, I'm going to be like, oh God, oh God. <laughs> gonna cut it out from the final edit if it works on the patreon andrew does not have a recommendation this week it's like a really (laughs) awkward cut (laughs) i wanted to recommend netflix's wednesday if you haven't checked this out yet this is tim burton's adam's family series that centers on the titular wednesday um i went into this with fairly low expectations but i was very pleasantly surprised um really really fun show super easy to binge it's the dialogue is just like really sharp and the actors do a fantastic job of selling it like it's something that could have come off so cheesy but it works so well um so if you have been putting off watching this i would think about maybe binging it over the holiday because it's just a really fun easy show to blitz through Plus one on that, we binged it last week and thoroughly enjoyed, went into it with low expectations, like you were saying, Pam, but I was actually really pleasantly surprised. Super good. I have kind of a different recommendation this week. Instead of this being a recommendation for our listeners, this is a recommendation uh, for Supermassive Games. Um, Please please patch the devil in me. It's their latest release in the Dark Anthologies series that they're doing. And I have never felt more like I was playing a PS3 game on my PS5. Um, So many glitches. The frame rate was complete shit. And I know I'm not the only one experiencing this because I've seen everyone on Reddit complaining. So I love these games. I love all the releases that come from them. Please just, you know, they're not going to hear this, but please patch it because we decided we're not going to play the game until it's patched. And I really want to play it. Laura has hijacked this precious, iconic segment to air personal grievances (laughs) here on Millennial. Yep. It's not Festivus yet, is it? I don't think you can air those personal grievances. Andrew, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure you've aired personal grievances through the recommendations <laughs> too. I am totally messing with you for funsies. You're right. I, I typically call them unrecommendations, I think. <laughs> and it sounds like an unrecommendation. Couple of reminders before we wrap up. Make sure you're following the show in your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you follow us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, we'd appreciate a nice little holiday gift in the form of a review. We appreciate those reviews. We love reading them and it's helpful to be discovered by new listeners. So thank you in advance. 
You can contact us by writing to millennialshow at gmail.com, or you can use the contact form or anonymous confessional on millennialshow.com. And then finally, follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and then over on TikTok, we are Millennial Pod. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. And I'm Pamela. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.